Speak Easy Studios. Speak and be heard. Have you ever walked into a house or building and wonder how it was designed? Or look at your own home and wonder how you can improve it? My name is Kathleen Garrido with KG Interior Design. This podcast is for experienced designers, those new to the industry, and people that just want to improve their own homes. We will discuss tips and insights for all of your design needs. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Um, another episode of Speak Easy Studios, and I'm excited today because we are introducing a brand new podcast. This one's going to be a little bit different from the ones that you've heard on our network before, talking more about interior design, showing you some of the looks, giving advice on that front. And I'm excited today to be joined by Kathleen Garrido. How are you, Kathleen? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, we are introducing your podcast. So the point of this conversation is really to get to know you on a personal level, because as we go throughout the podcast and the different episodes, we're going to be learning about what you do and how good you are at what you do. But just want to learn a little bit more about you today. Um, so as we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, how you got to Florida, and then we could dive more into the business side as well? Sure. So I'm originally from New York, Long Island. And um, when I was in my early 20s, I decided to move to California, relocate there with a company that I had worked for. And um, after so many years, I decided to move now here to South Florida, which I love. So I feel like I'm back home again with all my peeps from New York. So that's awesome. Um, I'm a mom and of a daughter who's 16 years old, love her to pieces. She's in high school. I'm a mom who's a pole vaulter. Um, I'm not the pole vaulter. She's the pole <laughs> vaulter. So let's be clear on that one. Um, so that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Like it gives us an idea of really how you got to Florida, because I know that we met in a couple of different networking groups. Correct. And then over time, I've gotten to know you a little bit more and more about who you are, what you do. Obviously, we were talking before we even started shooting this. Love your personality. Think you're a great person. Um, but going into the networking groups, one of the first things I learned about you is what you did in terms of the interior design. Um, do you mind giving us an idea of actually how you got into that, how you got started? And then we could talk more about the lifeline and some of your experiences along the way. Sure. So it's like any other story of somebody who's dabbled into something that they're very passionate about. As a kid, I can tell you, I drove my mother crazy rearranging either the house, my bedroom. My bedroom was switched around, I think, every week. You know, I'd put new artwork, new posters up. And I just loved it. I had a dollhouse that my dad built and I helped him design that. I put drapes up in there. I moved furniture around and um, ended up later in life working in retail, which I loved. But I always was missing a piece of what I loved to do, which was interior design. And um, I had gotten to the point where we were in the middle of adopting my daughter and I knew that I could not be in corporate America anymore. So I was going to take the leap of faith, leave a great paying job and um, go back to school just for this small little 12 week program. And I was going to become an interior designer. And as I got into my classes, I said, I need to know more because I really like tearing down, designing kitchens. I learned a lot. So I'm going to end up going and getting my AA through this um, through the school. And um, I haven't looked back, you know, by the time I finished graduating um, with my degree, my company had already started flourishing. I had employees working for me and it was just something natural and innate in me that I love to do, you know, and everybody um, 
says to me, you know, the, the beauty of what I do is I'm able to work on any budget with any client. And I think that's what clients like the most, because sometimes a lot of people don't have a lot of money to spend, but they just want to feel peaceful and restful in their home, which I'm a big advocate on, because in today's world, it's crazy. And we want to come home and just be restful and, you know, do what we need to do to be productive and go back out to the world the next day. So, you know, that's where I do anything from consulting to project managing. I have clients up north who can't be here. So I manage the whole, you know, job. I'll do kitchen design. We'll tear down homes. We'll furnish homes. We'll do paint color. We do so much. Um, and I always say no job is ever too small for us. Well, even taking a step back. So one nugget that I noticed in what you just said is as a child, this has always been in your blood. Mm -hmm. The interior design, something that you always wanted to do, something that you've been passionate about. You weren't always your own boss. You did work for someone else, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you mind walking us through that? Oh, and I will tell you, when I was in corporate America and I had the company car and I was making good money and I was very successful, there is no way I'm going to work on my by myself. Like, I will never own my own company. I like getting paid every other week. And then just it just got to the point where I was traveling so much. And then when I started thinking about going to school and I started going to school, I was like, I really love this. And I was willing to take the leap of faith. And like I tell anybody, you can do it. You just got to get out there and network and get to know people. Um, so that helps. That's what helps really with driving the business. And when you're passionate about what you're doing, I'm not working for corporate America anymore. I'm not hating going to work because of my boss that, you know, had to be controlling. I'm my own boss now. I got to wake up in the morning. I got to go to work. And I love working for my clients. I love the projects that I'm on. And it's totally different. I, I say that I retired many years ago <laughs> and I don't work a, a day in my life, you know, because I love what I do. I don't get you know, maybe there are some stressful times, um, but there's no self-doubt. You know, I go in there, I design a kitchen, I, I see it before it's even put together, you know, and um, when it's innate in you and you're passionate about what you do, it's it's wonderful. And it doesn't feel like work, like you said. Yeah. I can personally attest to that as well, where not to say that I ever hated my job, but it was just always something that was a little unfulfilled inside, where I was like, I know that I'm capable of more, and something that is always in the back of my mind is like, I want to do this for myself. Uh, making that decision to take that leap of faith, I found myself working 18 hour days. But at that point, it just felt like something not that had to be done, but something that I really wanted to do. And I wasn't dreading it at all. So going a little bit deeper, can you walk us through that that process of making the decision? Um, had you adopted your daughter yet? Like, were you fearful of anything? Like, what was that Ooh, process it was, for It you? was everything. You know, it was like, oh, my gosh, I never had, I had a company car. I never had to make a car payment. I never had to pay for insurance. I never had to pay for gas. You know, so it was, you know, now I'm going to have some things that I'm going to have to pay for, and I don't have a steady income coming in yet, right? And But I knew it was the best thing for when I became a mom because mm -hmm. I could be there for my daughter. I have never missed a concert. I have never missed a game. I have never missed traveling when she was in gymnastics. And now we travel for pole vaulting. And I have that flexibility and I can still work 20 hours a day. But when she needs me, I'm able to have that work-life balance. And that's something different from when I worked for corporate America. There was no work-life balance. Your family missed you all the time. Yeah. Now, what was that first year in business like for you going out on your own? It was, you know, developing a, a business plan, which a lot of people don't know. You need to come up with a business plan to see what your expenses are going to be. 
Um, I think a lot of people, when they start their business, they want to do a lot of marketing and spend all this money. I started my business with $500. That was it. And that was to get my DBA. That was to get my license. That was to get the insurance because I had to protect myself if something happened, you know, liability. Um, so that was real important. And I just knew that I wasn't going to fail. I just knew that I needed to get involved with some associations, start networking, let people know what I do and, um, you know, and then just start building relationships. That's that's all it is, is building relationships with people. And it's the trust factor. It's not about what my college degree is. It's not about my portfolio. It's about trust. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's the biggest reason why I get hired all the time. I agree. And as I mentioned in the introduction, just getting to know you a bit more, knowing your personality, and this is a comment that I made to you before, people wanna know more about you before they find out what you do. Right. The fact that you're able to help them with the interior design is just icing on the cake at that point. Right. I have somebody that I know, I have somebody I like and can trust. Oh, and hey, she does interior design as well. So I think that does go a long way in terms of helping you build the business and get clients. Now, one of the things that I do want to point out, if you guys can see the background, we are in sunny South Florida. Um, you weren't always in Florida. So what was that transition from California to Florida like for you? And why did you make that that journey across the country? I, I always knew I was going to move to Florida. As I got older, my family's on the East Coast. It would have been easier. I just thought, well, maybe Isabella, my daughter, can graduate high school and then I'll make that plunge. And there was something right before 2020 had hit <laughs> that I got this little bug to go check out South Florida. And when I did, it was like everything just kind of fell into its spot. You know, we found a house. You know, I found out I had friends close by. Um, family close by and it just kind of worked out and then I ended up getting jobs right away and I ended up going back and forth from California to here my first year because I had so many clients back in California so I had the obligation of still doing work getting the income in and building my business here as well so well you still do run your operation in California correct I do but it's very minimal because okay. I want to be here full-time I still have a couple of clients back there I have clients that are getting ready to purchase a home up in LA and they want me to come and work on it. Absolutely. So a lot of my past clients, if they need me, I'll fly out there and take good care of them. But primarily I love just being here and working full time. That's awesome. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and I know one of the things that you talked about as well is that there isn't really a budget that's too big or too small for you. You're willing to work with anyone. With that being said, what does a typical client look like for you? They're also different. You know, um, right now we're really heavy on the remodel side. So a lot of them are doing redoing kitchen and baths. A lot of homes here in South Florida have been neglected for a very long time. Or we had snowbirds that really didn't spend a lot of time here. And now we're getting full timers down here. So they want to do the renos on the homes. Um, or they're coming down and their home is brand new and now they need furnishing, lighting and all the jewelry and the accessories and the drapery and all of that to be added to the home. Um, so we have a lot of that. And then I have clients that really can't afford a lot. I know every retail company out there and what they carry. And we can just specify, you know, some a sofa or I'll give them the specs of how big the sofa should be. So there's no mistakes made. Because the biggest problem that I see out there is we have all these retail like RH and nothing bad about any of these retail stores. But a lot of their designers are not going to look at every little space and make sure every little thing is measured correctly. And sometimes there's errors to be made. So it's good to invest time 
in an interior designer who will give you those specs so that you do purchase the right size furniture for the room. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And not to, I guess, perpetuate a stereotype, but me being a guy, I know nothing about interior design. Um, and as we've talked a little bit more and more, just learning a little bit more about what you actually do and what goes into it, do you mind talking a little bit about kind of the scope of the work that you do? So if I was looking to have something done and I have no idea where to start and I call Kathleen, what can I expect? So let's talk about maybe like a typical remodel, okay? Because everybody getting into a remodel, they have no idea. And 100% of the time, what they think a bathroom remodel or a kitchen remodel will cost are definitely off. So I always recommend for me to come in, take a look at the scope of work. If they say, absolutely, we want you to help us on the project, I'll bring in then my general contractor. And I always tell them, let's make sure we get bids on every area so that, that you're not hit up front with another hundred grand that you have to shell out. And then we'll include the materials, we'll include maybe a rough estimate on lighting and everything else. So this way they know it's gonna be 150,000 for that remodel. And then I always say add five to 10% more because once I start opening up the walls in an older home, I don't know what we're gonna find. We find crazy stuff between beer bottles, <laughs> cans, garbage, stack stone. I mean, I've seen it at all. And you just never know what you're gonna find behind it. So when I prepare them for that, they're usually spot on at the end. Um, if they're not prepared for that, then that's when they get upside down and financially they're just up over their head. And a lot of clients don't realize that. So by hiring me, I'm saving you a lot of that time just to know what your upfront cost is. And I would say that is part of the reason that we wanted to start this podcast is more to be an education resource. Let people know what you do. Let them know that you are a resource, but also provide that education. So when they do reach out to their interior designer, they're not starting from ground zero. They have at least some level of basic information um, where they're more educated than the average consumer when they're having that conversation with you. So that leads to the next question of what made you want to start this podcast and what could the listeners expect? I love teaching, you know, and I think everything in design is learning, whether you're remodeling, you're doing flooring. It's, it's nice to know good flooring out there, bad flooring out there, just being educated with it. And I think the more educated you are, the more successful you're going to be with no matter what you're going to do in your home. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's important to me to get the message out on several topics and to communicate a lot of that to the clients, whether, you know, it could even be whether it's interior design or maybe they're preparing their, to put their home for sale or maybe they're only going to be in their home for five years. So if my client's going to be in their home for 30 years, they're going to dump a lot more money in that house because they're not looking at a return five years from now. Five years from now, we might do some beautiful things and the house look like we spent a, a million dollars on it, but they're not gonna dump the money and not see the return in five years when they think about putting it on the market. So there's all different ways with my design too, questions that I ask clients to make sure that they're not making a dream home, not their dream home. You know, They're gonna buy that one in five years. You know, I want them to put their money 
into a home that they're going to be in for many, many years. No, I completely understand that as well. And those are the things that we want to come across on the podcast as well, where you're getting that educational resource. And we also want your feedback as well. So as we're going through the different episodes, Kathleen's going to have her topics, obviously. But if you have any questions that you directly want to ask, feel free to drop a comment, feel free to reach out via email, um, because we definitely want to be and provide that resource for you. Um, so as we sign off, I definitely want to say thank you so much, Kathleen, for for joining me today to introduce your podcast. And if there's anything else that you want to say um, to the listeners um, as they gear up for your next episodes, uh, the floor is yours. I just think the biggest thing, um, you know, interview a couple of interior designers and ask for references. Um, a big thing that we're going to hit up on, and it's a podcast within its own, is talking about general contractors, especially here in South Florida or even throughout the United States, because I work in other states as well. Um, just making sure you know where to look, make sure that they're credible, make sure that they have insurance, make sure, you know, again, check the references, make sure that if the scope of work is huge, that that person is able to do that scope of work and they're not up over their head. Because the biggest thing about people that hire me is they're trusting me to protect them and make sure that their home at the end of the day, when we finish it, absolutely looks amazing. Mm -hmm. No, thank you so much. Um, please stay tuned. The next episodes will be coming soon. And like I said, we do want your feedback. So if there are any questions, comments, concerns, uh, please feel free to reach out. But we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Of course. Thank mm -hmm. you, Kathleen.